I believe there's a hero in all of us. You have great powers, only some of which you have yet discovered. I'm a superhero, Mama. A real-life superhero. The world needs extraordinary. We will make you a superhero. Are you ready to become the hero? Initiating surprise in three. This two is one. The Real Brian Show. Wait, is July seriously almost over already? Wow, time flies. But hey, the good news is this. We are here. And it is Friday, and we are going to nerd out today. You know, the last couple of weeks were good. They were intense and fulfilling. But today, we're going to relax. We're going to have some fun. Got a bunch of movie and TV show reviews for you. Some fun origins this week. And I'm even doing now a cleanse. Thanks to uh, Caffeinatrix's, Caffeinatrix's, Caffeinatrices. There we go. Her inspiration from last week. I'm excited to share this with you. I thought you were dead. I'm not. Let's rock it. Welcome back to The Real Brian Show. Thank you so much for joining us here this week. Really appreciate it. We're going to have fun, so um, you're in for a treat. I am The Real Brian. I'm Captain Influence, and I'd really appreciate a treat right now, please. Oh, you want a treat? Uh, Captain, I, I, th- I thought you were dead. Well, I'm not. <laughs> isn't, that one of the greatest, isn't that one of the greatest lines ever? I thought you were dead. Well, I'm not. Well, uh, only... Yeah. Only after you think about it for a minute. Most people just like, well, yeah, you're not. Okay. Well, most people don't even. <laughs> Let's move on. They're not thinking. They just kind of move on. But if you think about it, it's like, wait, Why I thought you were dead. Well, well I'm not. Well, uh, not. Yeah. Duh. You're talking. You're standing right there. <laughs> but she's telling him that she thought he was dead. Well, that makes sense. And it's sense. kind of an accusatory. You know, I was like, I thought you were dead. Well, they were. To- what, do, so, what do you say to that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Have you seen Starship Troopers, though? You've seen it. Many times. Okay, so you know how there was a bunch that died and he was reported dead, killed in action, even though they they saved his life. And Anyway, so yeah. she had seen that he was killed in action. So she did think he was dead, but that's not the re. Well, I'm not. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> hey, Brian. Yeah. Would you like to know more? Ooh. Oh, yeah. I would like to know that's more. That's a good catchphrase. That is. Would you like to know more? Yeah. That's actually a good tagline even for this show. Would you like to know more? We're always sharing information here. I mean, the fact that we like to nerd out on stuff, people are like, you know, uh, hey, so so what do you talk about? And it's like, dude, what are we curious about this week? And in fact, one of the things I heard someone say once, which I loved, is you guys share things that I didn't know I would like, but I actually do like, or I didn't yeah. even know about, and, and I love it, you know? So because of our curiosity, our nerding out... Hopefully, we are enriching your life in more ways than you could possibly imagine. So, yes, would you like to know more? Do it. Put a stamp on it. I love it. (laughs) Would you like to know more? That guy's voice, too. I don't know who it was that did the voiceover. Would you like to know more? I I can't even do it. I don't have the voice. It was awesome. Maybe that's our catchphrase of the week, then. All right. You like that? Would you like to know more? Yeah. All right. Well, guess what? Apparently, July is the month of celebration. You've got, you know, the 4th of July. My dad's birthday was this last weekend. Sarah's birthday's on Monday. I mean, it's just like one giant, huge party month. So I, at least it's for Brian's us, month of celebration. No, it's not my <laughs> month. I just get to partake in it with those who are actually celebrating. It's their parties. I'm, I'm just part of it. Isn't that cool? Right. 
Yes, that's very cool. Without being cool at all, because it's so hot in July. <sighs> Except for you lucky Aussies when it's so cold in July. Or you people in South America. What do you mean uh, you people? South of the, you folks, <laughs> south of uh, the kidding. equator. July is not too hot and the sky is blue. Would you like to know more? Uh, yeah, it, it is a, It is hot right now. It is uncomfortably hot at times and I don't live in Death Valley. I don't live in Vegas. I don't live in Phoenix. You still live in Phoenix, but you know, not anymore. So for those of you in those hot areas, I'm sorry, but here's another cool thing. Would you like to know more? Yes. I saw a huge mass or a uh, gaggle flock harem, whatever they're called of Rocky <laughs> mountain bighorn sheep. Now, I mean, yeah, I've seen them before and you usually see a couple. I've never seen this many in one stretch. You know, we're just up in the mountains and it was just within about a 15 minute span. I mean, we saw dozens and dozens of them all over the wow. place. In fact, they were even crossing the road. You know, like, whoa, hit the brakes. I've never seen any of them that young. I've seen, you know, young ish ones, but not huh. like fresh young like i mean tiny little things that could barely walk it was the funniest thing and they're they're like bouncing across the road to get away from the cars and it was hilarious <laughs> but dude amazing and then we're looking up on this side of the mountain and it has to be like at least a 70 to 80 ish degree angle i was gonna say are they all standing on like a vertical cliff face because oh they're climbing I up i just the don't vertical know how they do cliff that face it's just like they're just running up the side or running down and if a human tried to do <laughs> that, they would slip, fall, roll down, and die. I mean, you're just like, how do you guys Better do that? Better have a harness. Yeah, Diagum. You would. I mean, honestly, a human would need climbing gear for that. I don't know how these animals do it, but it's so cool I to watch. Either. I've never, wow. I've never figured that out. We need to look into the biology of a ram or a bighorn sheep because, yeah, not all of them are rams. They might have been ewes. Hey. It's pretty sweet stuff, man. Oh, oh, would you like to know more? Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> I've mentioned this, that I've been working on uh, some video stuff and trying to figure out like if I start a YouTube channel, what's that going to look like? How does that pair basically with the real Brian show and stuff? So I've been doing a lot of research. That's that's 100% my goal right now. So I've been watching a lot of different channels, a lot of different videos on YouTube to find out what are they doing? Why are these people popular? What made them successful? Stuff like that. Well, what's really interesting is, and these are all successful. These aren't just like, you know, a couple people who did something on YouTube and, you know, they have like 100 subscribers. These are people who have like a million plus or really close to a million plus subscribers. And they're YouTube famous, not famous, famous, right? Exactly. Yes. They're not celebrities. In fact, this was funny. Johnny pistol shot. had said, have you ever heard of the YouTuber PewDiePie? Well, I ironically Barely. never heard of this guy. Well, apparently he is the most the famous guy? YouTuber. Yeah. It's a dude. It's a gamer. I think he's from Sweden. I think okay. he's from one of those uh, Scandinavian countries, but I could be mistaken. It might be something. I'm not sure. I think it's fin- or, uh, Sweden though. He started off gaming like nine years ago from scratch, by the way, he had nothing. And then huh. now all of a sudden he has 105 million subscribers, which is, it's insane how, how much what's, that is. What's his catch? What's his, uh, what do people watch him for? I'm still trying to figure that out because he's a, <laughs> he's a gamer and apparently now this is, this is hearsay. I don't know this, but apparently he's a troll so he likes oh. to trash people and make fun of people. All I don't know. He's good at trolling people while he plays or trolling people in general, but, like finding videos, with a Swedish accent. Not quite well. like that. It's actually different. And, and I, I couldn't even imitate it right now, but it's uh, are you noobs? You can't shoot me. <laughs> no, no, you it's, noobs it's, can't <laughs> shoot me. It's, it's definitely not like that. 
No, uh, it's you know you're you're on the right track, but it's definitely a little bit more subtle than that. Okay, well I want to know more. So I do. Well, I I wish I knew more, but I'm watching some of his videos and going like, what made this? What made you get a hundred and five million? Most people, if you hit a million, you're doing really well. So yeah, and the na- with the name PewDiePie, it sounds like you know one of those hot gamer chicks, you know? Yeah, so, except I mean, it's P E W, and those I get D I E and P I E. Okay, so PewDiePie. it's PewDiePie. Got it. Yeah, I don't get it. <laughs> I honestly don't understand why 105 million people have subscribed to his channel. I don't get it. I mean, maybe huh. somebody listening has been like, dude, I love that guy. And here's why I tell us because I'm I I'm trying to figure this out. I mean, I get if he's trolling videos <laughs> and he's making fight I mean, you know, okay, but here's the thing. Half of the people that I've done my research on that are super famous and popular and successful on I'm YouTube. Kind, yeah, I'm like, I'm scratching my head going like what? Like, I don't get it. How are these people so successful? Mm-hmm. What do people see in these channels? Which goes back to what we've always said here on the show that, yep, everybody does have different interests and things they like. And so therefore, something that I'm scratching my head on, somebody else might be like, dude, this guy's awesome or this girl's great, you know? And I'm like, huh? And then I'm over here going, dude, this is awesome. And, you know, somebody else might be like, huh? So whatever, right? I don't know. You know I, I would, I would check this guy out and, and do the same research you're doing, but I, I just don't feel inclined to do it. I, I don't want to, I don't want or need to add to their numbers, but you're making me curious. Each one's going to be a little different, right? But I wonder what makes, what the draw is, you know? So I'd have to watch. Even if you add to the numbers, it's no big deal because you could unsubscribe if you didn't like it or not even subscribe at all. Oh, just no, watch I, his stuff. You know, it's, it, I don't really care. It's okay. But no, <laughs> I don't it, mind it, adding it is to their fascinating because I, I've been trying to figure out like, why are they successful? What are they doing? You know, is it all marketing and algorithms or is it in their content? Can't be. No, yeah, I mean, it really can't be. be content. There is one guy that, and again, you know me, I'm not a big, I don't like niche channels, even though that's like 99% of YouTube anymore is niche channels. There's sure. a guy, Bad Boy Gaming. Sith Master J told me about him because he, well, he started off doing a bunch of different things, but then he's focused 100% onto Magic the Gathering. So he does unboxing of cards and then, you know, he, you know, hey, check out which card I got. And he does all kinds of contests for his listeners and our viewers. Oh. And then he does MTG Arena, you know, the online version of Magic and right. he does gameplay. Well, he's okay. hilarious. And what's funny is like, because I was, I'm still am, but I've been playing some Magic and some MTG Arena and fitting her out. What do I need to do? How do I get better? And I've watched some other channels and I've quickly stopped watching those other channels because it is not my style. They're not entertaining. Hmm. They're way too hardcore nerdy for me personally. No offense against them at all. Like I love those people. I just do not think or act or understand that very well. Well, bad boy gaming is his name's Joey. He's just your typical guy. You know, he's really funny. He's a great entertainer and he also plays magic. So it's not like he's a a hardcore, you know what I'm talking about, but he's a, I don't know. Like I don't watch him anymore necessarily for the magic. I watch him because I like him Hmm. and I have heard that phrase in the past. In fact, I think I even had a profit cast episode on this. Like people come for the content and stay for the host or the hosts because they get to like you and they don't really care about what you talk about anymore. So this has been kind of interesting and that's a good thing for us (laughs) because it's the only reason we even have listeners still (laughs) just kidding. Just kidding. I don't stay just for the magic with Joey and bad boy anymore because it's the same thing over and over and over. And it's like, okay, that's brain damage to me. What I like is I just like him 
he's a cool guy. He has fun stuff. Yeah. And that's the thing. Certain people will draw you in, but I mean, His to be personality fair, hooked you. Yeah. You know, you're drawn in by a topic or by content, which that's true, right? Are you drawn in by a personality? If you don't know the personality, right? probably not because you don't know the person. So I don't know. I mean, like PewDiePie, I have to do more research on, but anyway, it's just been interesting. What's been helpful though is realizing that it proves to me there's still just no right way to do things, even though people will tell you this is the way you have to do it. Right. It's, no, that makes it sense. just doesn't. Yeah. And also it's helping me to really narrow down on some things that I want to do with video that will also positively affect this show too. So that's exciting. Like it's a, it's going to be a nice pairing like cheese and wine pairing. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's going to be great. Like provolone. No, Gruyere and sourdough bread in a grilled cheese sandwich mm. with with tomato soup that has plenty of heavy cream in it. Yeah. Or like oh my God. pickles. No, 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 no. No, this is better. <laughs> Cough drops, Robitussin, and ice cream. Mm. Oh, right before bed, obviously. Yeah. No, no, no. All together though, swirled in. Dude, so there's a uh, there's a wonderful ice cream shop. Actually, what's ironic is I don't like their ice cream as much as most people do. I think their ice cream's just okay. I've had much better. But they you don't, you don't go for the ice cream, you go for the the setting, right? You used to, right? <laughs> it's not as cool anymore, but you know, when we were in college, it was like the hangout. It was pretty cool. But they used to I don't think they do this anymore. We haven't been obviously in a while, but they used to do what they would call the joke flavor of the day or the week or whatever. I think it was of the week. And one was it literally, and they really made this. They made all their ice cream in house and they would actually do vanilla ice cream as the base. And then they would add these things. So one Mm. was pepperoni pizza and it Uh. was literally pepperoni, tomato sauce, you know, all kinds of spices with vanilla ice cream. The other Uh. one was Navy bean soup. The other one was, this was the gross one. Cold remedy. It was vanilla (laughs) ice cream. It was cough drops, Robitussin. Uh, They had, Chicken. That might taste okay. They, well, no, but they had chicken noodle soup in it as well. Oh, never mind. And never garlic. Mind. I'm not kidding. It was disgusting. I tried the pizza one and it was nasty. Oh, I would expect it to be and I wouldn't even try it. That's, that's the whole point. That's, it's, that's, that's like the jo- it would make a little batch and you'd play practical jokes on your friends in college. That's what that's for, right? But you know what though? They, of course, no one's going to order it. You just get a little sample of it and it's fun to try because you have <laughs> to experience the heinousness of it all. <laughs> not me remember so birdie bots uh beans yeah i i don't want to ever i just won't put myself through that kind of thing so i I'm can't really my tongue on that although we really enjoyed those birdie bots for a couple of minutes it was really fun and i'll never do it again but you know what? It's, it's the it was fun to listen to you do it yeah, How about that? <laughs> yeah see well all right we're the ones that have to suffer i mean really the term where it hurts us more than it hurts you listening we get to suffer while you get to laugh he gets to suffer. I get to laugh at him with you. You're going to join in on yes. this sometime here soon. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, so I have another positive. Would you, would you like to know more? Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, you get to keep saying that all the time. Let me say it once okay, in a while. Okay, yeah. You're, you're next, but I want to share this because this is kind of exciting <laughs> to me. And and yeah, and then I'll let you talk because this is going to be okay. cool. All right. So I don't, I don't know what I'm going to talk about though. So go ahead. <laughs> you'll be like, would you like to know more? And I'll be like, yes. And you'll be like, um. Oh, you ruined it. See? Dang it. Okay. Well, anyway, last week, Caffeinatrix or the trend or Natalie or whatever we're going to call her. So she was talking about her Instagram cleanse and it inspired me to do a little Facebook cleanse. Now her thing was she took Instagram off her phone and I have also done that too, but 
I thought I need to do some cleansing on Facebook. I mean, if I could, as I've said, if I could get rid of Facebook, I would. But there's a lot of people that I communicate with that that is the only way we can communicate right now. And I don't want right. to I don't want to lose that. So right. I've decided that, okay, so what can I do in order to still use Facebook and not be negatively impacted, essentially? Ooh, this ought to be good. I do want to know more. Okay, okay. So this is very, very exciting. Now, one of the other things we talked about last week, this this all ties together, was that we have we have that need for each of us to value each other regardless. Remember that. And then we also talked about the need to have positive, healthy, and mutually beneficial conversations and also responses to circumstances and things that are going on. So I had both of those things in the back of my mind when wanting to do this Facebook cleanse. By the way, I'm sure I'm not the only one dealing with this right now, but it's not just Facebook. This applies to people you're talking to, whether you're in person, whether you're texting, doesn't matter. And of course, there's a lot of conversation going on right now. A lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of really bad, negative, unhealthy, angry, you know, hurtful conversations going on. Yeah, there's just a lot. And we all know this. It's nothing new. So these are all of the things that have motivated me to kind of take a step back and kind of look at, okay, what's affecting me? And also, this even goes to apply to what we've talked about here on the show and also how we talk about it. I know in the past... I've been amped up on stuff. I probably, I, well, I know I've been on soapboxes about things. And of course the, the goal and the motivation. And in fact, you know, captain influence and I, we regularly do this. We discuss the topics before we record that we're going to talk about to make sure, are we going to present this in a healthy manner? And of course, yeah, sometimes the in- at length. Yeah. Yeah. The intention is always to do that. Sometimes we'll scratch a topic because we can't get to that place of it being healthy enough or whatever. Well, anyway, we always try to make sure that it's helpful and beneficial and positive, but of course, none of us are perfect. So I I know, and I'm a hundred percent sure we've said things that probably were not as mutually beneficial as we either thought they would be, or we intended them to be. Hopefully they were fun. (laughs) We hope. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the thing though, as I'm looking at all of this, I'm looking at what's affecting me and also what's affecting the show and how we're presenting ourselves. So here's what I'm doing on Facebook. I've gone through and I have, as we call it, cleansed my Facebook follows right now. So I'm not unfriending anyone because I don't want to unfriend the people that I'm friends with. That, that's not what I'm talking right. about. Uh, and by the way, what I'm doing is not intended to be offensive to anyone that I'm friends with either. This, there's no offense intended here. But what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to go through and unfollow, meaning these people are not going to show up in my feed. I'm not going to be notified by these people based on simply what they're saying and how they're saying it. People are always posting good things and happy things and you know, that's fine. Or they're posting jokes and stuff. That's good too. But once in a while, if a friend says, you know what, I'm going to share something that we might be unaware of, or it's something to kind of make us all think and maybe challenge us to think in a different and more positive way, which is by the way, something we try to do here on the show periodically. Well, I'm going to keep following those people. That's fine. Those are people that I don't have a problem if somebody says, hey, have you thought about this or did you know about this? And I'm like, oh, hmm, would you like to know more kind of thing? Yeah, that's cool. Thank you for sharing that. But the people that I'm choosing to unfollow or at the very least snooze for 30 days, you can do that, are the ones who are almost always posting negative things, kind of like the Eeyore you know, syndrome, like yeah. everything's bad. I had a bad day. Uh-huh. Life sucks. Well, that figures, you know, that typical where it's like every time you see a post from them, it's like, are you ever happy? You know, kind of person. <laughs> why, why are you trying to 
project your unhappiness on everyone yeah. on Facebook. Yeah. Well, and I get it. Life sucks. Or you're discontent. You're discontent, really. Yeah. And life does suck sometimes. In fact, no, no, Brian. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> Let me life rephrase that. Suck. Circumstances can suck. How yes. we choose to respond to them dictates how they will affect us, of course. Well said. And it's funny. I thought of a great book title. It was something like how to something like thrive or live fulfilled or be happy or whatever when the world sucks and people are jerks <laughs> because that's kind of what's going on right now. Yeah. Don't steal that. I won't. Bad things will happen to you anyway. I'm not motivated enough. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm talking to you uh, aspiring authors. Don't, don't steal that. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not me. I'm so sorry. the other thing I might be snoozing those people because I just, sorry, I feel for you, but I just can't take any more of it. And I don't feel like you should feel bad about that either. They kind of have it coming, in my opinion. Whether they're good or bad people, I don't really believe that there are a lot of bad people, but whether they're, whatever their intentions are in posting all that stuff from whatever direction they're posting it from, they have it coming. So yeah, continue. I think though that either they're seeking attention, whether they know it or not, or you know they're just so focused on it that that's just what they're manifesting in their life too. Well, a lot of it is, and my mother's a perfect example of this. Facebook's an outlet for her to to share her frustrations with people of like mind. Yeah, misery loves company. Yeah, and so she has a covey of friends who are like-minded with her as far as politics or whatever goes, and they just eat up all this negativity. But unfortunately, it spills into the rest of the family, and, and we don't want to hear it. So it's an outlet for people like that. Right. Yep. We've said this before on the show. In fact, I mentioned the documentary, What the Bleep Do We Know, in the past. And they did that study. In fact, we talked about it recently. Somebody else brought it up. That whole study of the test on jars of water in different rooms, where one room is all positive and everything they say is positive. It's all regardless, whatever's written on the walls, whatever the music is, whatever they say to the water, it's all positive. And then the other room, it's all negative and all that. And they actually saw that there were different structures within the water at microscopic levels it had changed and so what they were proving is that people who just thrive on negativity gossip all that stuff they start to become addicted to it and you can't actually get that essentially dopamine hit without going down that path Mm, interesting and it's pretty messed up if you think about it i'm not going to go into this i'm not a psychologist or a scientist (laughs) on this but i personally believe that that's why people struggle with various emotional things it may they get to a certain point because it becomes addictive i don't think it starts that way i know it doesn't start that way but i think it can become that way so yeah, that makes sense if you think about the people that just like keep posting negativity on on facebook well they they like to they kind of enjoy it even though it's even though they don't enjoy it, it's weird right i've been there too i understand it and there was a point yeah, where me too. i had a friend where i used to gossip with him and i would physically feel better when i would start to gossip with him and then yeah, no, we've, we've got, talked about this. Yeah, yeah, there's that phenomenon when you're talking positively or negatively about stuff in the world with someone like-minded with yourself, it feels good to let it out. Yeah, it does. And commiserate with them. Yeah. What's been interesting for me lately though is that it's been feeling bad for me. Even though it used to feel good. And what's interesting is that, you know, I talked about having heart palpitations in the past. I believed that a lot of the negativity and the stress and the fear and all that actually were probably some of the main reasons for me having those heart palpitations. Maybe. Pretty sure. I mean, based on the studies we did and based on what the cardiologists were saying and stuff was like, you know, it's probably mostly stress related. So in the past where I would have been like 
thriving on that negativity because it felt good. Now I'm feeling like crap because of it. So thing, and in one way, thankfully I'm glad because now it's forcing me to kind of say, Hey, you know what? I need to change. I need to manifest more positivity regardless instead of giving into the negativity. So anyway, that's why I'm doing this. That's one of the reasons. Now on the other side, I'm also unfollowing the people and this one is kind of a no brainer, but I can't take this anymore. I'm sorry. Anybody that is posting what I am calling hostile politically charged posts. And you know what those are. It doesn't matter what side you are on. It doesn't matter if you're on the conspiracy side or on the communist side or, you know, I'm totally kidding. Well, actually, I'm communist. really not. I, well, socialist side. Yeah, it's, it's borderline communism. It's some of the stuff these people are saying. So I'm just like, wow. Okay. One way or the other, it doesn't matter what side you're on. I'm hearing things from people that it's just like, okay, whatever. It's anger centered. It is the typical and this is quotes here you will agree with me because i'm right and if you don't you're stupid type posts you don't exactly you know what i'm talking about uh believe me i do that's why you got off facebook that's totally and i haven't looked back i know (laughs) it's funny because like i'm I'm like oh this person yeah they're my friend or they're my family member or whatever and then i see them post something i'm like unfollowed i'm sorry or i snooze i'm like i can't do this because i had so many friends and family that i totally lost respect for because of what they were posting. And they probably feel the same way about what I was posting, although I wasn't posting half as much of the crap. But it's an unfortunate side effect of social media that people feel this strong inclination towards sharing their negative, like shoving the things they see bad in the world in everyone else's face and not even thinking of the consequences. I'm just as guilty of it. I, I did some of that when I was in Facebook. So oh, yeah. I quit it at least as much for myself as because of other people. So yeah, the thing I think that I'm more affected by is not necessarily even what they post. It's what they're saying about it or how they're talking about it or how they're posting. You know what I'm saying? It's more of the, I, I don't have a specific example on the top of my head, but it's one of those where they'll post something and you'll kind of go, okay, that's their belief. I respect that. But then where they go with it from there, how they fortify it with their opinion, mm-hmm. that's where it becomes, just, that's what it just creates ru- division. It runs against your grain. I mean, you're not one of the people in those examples. You are not one of the people who are of like mind with them. True. Some of their friends on Facebook see that and they're like, yeah, you know, again, on both sides. So, and I hate that both sides phrase. My God. See, no, that's, uh, and that's the problem. <laughs> that, that's what's actually bothering me is because... I actually don't agree with either side right now, which is weird because this goes back to what I was saying is that, and you're right, like it goes against the grain of what I believe or what I'm, that's fine. We all have our different beliefs, but what I don't like, this is the problem regardless of what you believe is if you are creating division and dissent and anger and people wanting to go out and make bad decisions, that's the kind of stuff that I think is wrong period because it doesn't help anyone. If we say, hey, let's come together. We talked about this last week. Let's discuss this. Let's find a mutually beneficial solution to the problem in in front of us. Well, doesn't that at least try to benefit everybody? And and we may not be perfect and maybe not everybody's going to be 100% happy, but at least we're taking the right steps. To me, that's the answer, regardless of whatever the situation is versus like, no, this way, no, this way. And it's like, well, okay, whatever you believe, fine, but it just doesn't help. Just to put it in the context of this show, when you post stuff like that, you're unleashing your super villain. Agreed. Even if you are convinced to the to your bones that you're absolutely correct, and even if you are, if there is such a thing, correct, yeah, you're still unleashing your super villain because you're 
you're, you're encouraging someone. dissent. You're yeah. encouraging division. The simple solution is if you see something that some a friend of yours posts that you really agree with but is divisive, just so that you don't unleash your supervillain, just don't repost it or don't respond to it or whatever. You know, say yeah, whatever, but without revealing yourself in that fashion on Facebook to everyone else. Yeah. Because in the end, you're going to end up with less strife in your online social circle. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're going to have less chance of people, friends who you really want to maintain a friendship with of ghosting you or putting you on that 30 day unfollowing you, whatever, you know, just you're going to increase your chance of retaining the people you want to follow. Totally. And the people who you want to see what you're doing in life. So when I posted that show, I don't post a lot on Facebook, but I felt called essentially or or whatever the word you want to call it to post that episode with Kristen about helping women recover from sex trafficking. I wanted to post it yeah. on Facebook and I was like, everybody really needs to hear this. And I and really truly still firmly believe that everybody should hear that story, yeah. whether you agree with it or not. It's It's just more of an informational. The thing is, is that eight people unfriended me. Right after that post. I mean, it was within like a 24 hour period that gone. Well, I haven't had unfriends in months and I haven't had any since. So it was very clearly tied to that post, which was Weird. very interesting to me. What yeah, that was is interesting. fascinating though is, is like, I wasn't telling anyone what to believe and I wasn't trying to create divide, but it's like, can't every single person who is an actual human being agree that those girls don't deserve that? Or at the very least, that sex trafficking is bad. Yeah, like you're, you're hurting. I mean, I understand girls. people being. I totally get people getting un, uncomfortable with that content. Oh, totally. I do. Yeah, because it's it's uncomfortable to realize that it goes on, totally. but especially when you never see it. But it's not a politicized topic, and so I mean, I could see if you posted something really politicized that some of your friends who didn't agree with you might unfriend you for some weird reason. But sure. That's a topic that's mystifying to me. I don't know. This is a black and white happened. topic. You're either hurting girls yeah. or you're not. It's that simple. And there are very few black and white topics, Brian. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and that, that's few. one of them where it's very clear yeah. that they are sold into slavery and they are hurt. So yeah. if you're okay with that, then wow, maybe I don't want to be that person's friend. Well, you know, but see, that and I guarantee and me. I I can also guarantee you that the people who unfriended you are not okay with that. That's what makes it more of a mystery. Yeah, they're only just only sex traffickers are okay with that. Well, only people who take advantage true. of sex trafficking are okay with that. Sure. So, well, yeah. and, and the sad part is that a lot of people take advantage of it unknowingly. And I think that's the, Fair that's enough. the, that's probably where the discomfort comes in is that, well, I didn't realize that my little innocent activity over here in my own room was actually taking part in that. I didn't know that. And it, it's uncomfortable. I don't want to know that. So I'm out of here. That I understand that perspective, well, because nobody wants to be uncomfortable. Nobody wants to admit that, man, I, I was part of that. You know yeah. what I mean? But sure. anyway, that's a side topic. I'm just saying that that's not a political topic. That's, that is a very black and white topic, in my opinion, that you're hurting someone or you're not. But anyway, you're right. I mean, I guess it, it just comes down to that. I wish people would just kind of stop yelling Can at we each all other. Just and, get along? I mean, I really? You know, it's like, Rodney have King a discussion. Best, dude. Have a discussion. It's, it's, and you're right. You know, I think you said it actually a couple of minutes ago, though. And another example is that whether you're right or wrong, let's say you're right. Let's say you know something about someone. They're doing something that's harming them. You know the answer. You are right. And you go and you tell them, but it wasn't the right time or you didn't say it in the right way. 
Right. Does that actually help? And the answer is no, it doesn't help. So just because you're right doesn't make you actually right in your approach and or timing and everything like that. And so I think there's also a, it's about coming together and and discuss. And it's amazing. Like how many times this goes back to what, you know, Garrett Wong talked about back in the day. What, first of all, what would Kamal do? Second of all, you know, his original episode is this flight attendant is treating him like crap and he is right in demanding justice and service because he's a paying customer. Sure. But instead he didn't demand that he asked the question, are you okay? Well, now he the humanity the comes out. Yes. And then yeah. she apologized. So it's like, you know, just sitting down and listening to somebody instead of yelling at them, you know, there's so much more that can come from that. And usually you'll realize that you're probably all both on the same page. Ironically, you know, yeah, that, that's the interesting thing. That's, <laughs> that's what's <true>. <laughs> fascinating to me is that I think almost everybody's on the same page, but you're yelling at each other instead of listening. So right. that's so true, right? Yeah. Dude, amen, brother. <laughs> that's why I step back and say, I have to unfollow those people for now. Yeah. Nothing against any of those people. Love them. They're my, if I didn't want to be their friend, I would unfriend them, but I, I do love these people and I'm sorry if it's some of you, you're not going to know if I unfollowed you, but I am sorry <laughs> if some of you of it, are right? the ones I am unfollowing. It's just what it is. I got to take care of myself right now so that I can help take care of others. The other thing that I did, oh, by the way, I, I'm, I started doing it and already I'm starting to see less of that and I am already like physically feeling better. So just FYI, that's really cool. Good. The other thing I did, I'm going to get through this really quickly now. I deleted the actual news tab on my Facebook app, which ironically, I already deleted it a while back, by the way. And I told Facebook, don't show me any news. Well, Facebook decided to go ahead and just put it back without my permission. <laughs> now, so funny. I know Facebook does stuff like this. In fact, I've had multiple people tell me that Facebook does things for you without your permission, even though you already changed it and it just resets Well, because they don't just because care it makes us. them more money, you know, because yeah. the news tab has has advertisements probably attached to it. And they're exactly. like, oh, we just accidentally put it back on your page. So you don't care. Right? FYI, Facebook will change things on you and you'll have to go back and, you know, kind of pay attention and then change it again. Yeah, because all of a sudden I'm like, why do I have news showing up all over my Facebook app again? <laughs> so I redeleted it again. I'm like, dude, get the message. Don't want it. So anyway, whatever. I think that's it. I think the the biggest thing now is <laughs> I'm trying to be vigilant on focusing on what is good and on friends and family that are in a healthy place. They're being positive. Also being safe and wise. I, I think it's, it's just a good thing, you know, and, and honestly, it's so funny. I'm finding that right this moment, the less I know, the better it is for me right now. <laughs> I may be the only yeah, one, I hear you. but maybe the more, you know, the better you are. I don't know. But you know, for me right now, I'm finding this is just a better thing is to be a little bit more ignorant. <sighs> I wouldn't even say ignorant. <laughs> Sounds bad, right? But I'm going to say um, <laughs> uninformed. <laughs> yeah. Uninformed or naive right now is just a good thing. Not, how about not overinformed? How about that? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one because I'm not ignorant. I do know what's going on. I just don't want to as participate much as anyone, any of us do. Yeah, exactly. Now, I wanted to share one other thing um, that Chris, thanks for listening, by the way, he shared some, I'm totally paraphrasing because I don't remember exactly how he shared it, but he shared something that I just absolutely loved is he goes out in nature and he was talking about, you know, when you're out in nature away from the insanity of humanity and the city bustle, and again, this is my paraphrase, you realize that nature doesn't really know what's going on right now. Doesn't care. it, It doesn't care. In fact, and this is me writing this, it seems blissfully unaware of the pain, suffering, negativity, and anger of the world around it. It's still 
going on like normal. I mean, I talked about those Rocky Mountain Bighorn sheep, just yeah. living life. They're thriving. They're surviving. And it just got me thinking a little bit. You know, when he said that, I've been thinking about that, you know, and as we've been up in the mountains on and off, you know, I feel inspired right now to live a little bit more like nature. And will nature survive? Probably. If humanity kills itself. Yes, um, it yes, will. It will. And so maybe we need to be a little bit more like nature right now. We can only control what we can control. on. Yeah. Yeah. So I hope that's inspiring to you is to look at nature, look at what they're doing and maybe take a step back and relax a little. And it doesn't hurt to check out goodnewsnetwork.org once in a while. Again, we don't get paid by them. We don't even, they don't even know we exist, but talk about the antidote to your typical news network. Totally. Just saying. Totally. Goodnewsnetwork.org. Check it out. Love it. All right. So a couple things really quickly. Some TV shows, because we, we said we'd talk about these. We do really want to talk about The Last Dance, and we're excited about it. And <laughs> we were supposed to talk about it a long time ago, and then we got sidetracked with some other things that were a little more timely. And I know that Miss Ice wanted to talk about it. So hopefully we can talk about that here soon. Kind of holding out for Miss Ice, if she will have a chance to watch it. And if not, then we can talk. Two of us can talk about it, because it's so Yeah, good. we can. We finished it, and wow, dudes. Yeah. Just, that's all I'm going to say right now. Well, okay, so this is actually a movie, but I want to come back to TV shows in a second, but this ties in with Last Dance. It's basketball related. There is a documentary that just came out right about the same time called Jump Shot, and then the subcaption is, you know, the Kenny Sailors story. Well, Steph Curry actually produced it, put it out somehow. He's involved as a as a producer. I don't know if he actually did the entire thing himself, but it is Absolutely fantastic. I mean, it is not the production value that Last Dance had. It's not the drama it's a much more feel good, positive documentary of the guy that supposedly created the actual jump shot that you see in basketball. Oh, interesting. You know, it's where huh. you jump up and shoot, you know, just in case you don't know what a jump shot is. So it's, <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, it's one of those things that's pretty descriptive. And it's you know, most name, of the time. Yeah. yeah. Well, interestingly enough, when basketball first started, they would, in fact, they didn't even dribble. You would run down the court passing to each other. Really? Yeah. And huh, interesting. that's huh. interesting too. So there wasn't even any dribbling in the beginning. Well, originally, how that developed. I don't know. I think people just started putting the ball down. It's, it's kind of weird. The original shot was you would shoot it kind of from your chest, but you would not leave the ground. You would just stay flat footed and just shoot it from wherever you could. Huh? Then it sort of evolved into somebody would sort of kind of jump in the air and they would, that's kind of where the layup came in. But then there was a point where, Kenny, because he was short, just decided like, well, I got to shoot over these guys. You know, I can't shoot over them. So he would just jump straight up and he had some insane vert. I mean, he would get off the floor and he would jump over and everyone's like, what the heck is this? What's going on? And so (laughs) it's a neat story. But what's really funny is that so they credited this guy with creating the jump shot. And this was back in the 40s. And this guy actually just passed away a few years ago in his 90s. And they recorded this back in 2016 or 14 or something like that. Uh, some of the, some of it anyway, mm-hmm. but wow, what a great story. Well, it's cool because the guy actually went to the university of Wyoming. Oh, neat. So Laramie, Wyoming. And, um, you know, we, we, our home team plays Wyoming all the time too. They're so, rivals. Yeah. They're rivals. Border war is what we call it. So yeah. it's a very, you know, kind of like, oh, that is actually close to home. Didn't know the guy didn't even know the story, but a really, really neat story. And I think what was really cool too, was they didn't just focus on the fact that he was the creator of the jump shot. And even he was like, that was a blip in my history. He goes, I would like to show you more of like who I was. And this is what was important to me. And he talks about like his wife and his family and, 
he lived out on a ranch, you know, for quite a few years of his life and just, you know, all the other things he did in life. And he actually ended up coaching basketball in Alaska, a girl's <laughs> team. Right. And it was back when, you know, women's basketball really wasn't a thing. And he was, I don't know if he was the only one responsible for it. He was one of the main people that actually got women's basketball to where it's at today. Interesting. And, you know, giving okay. them a chance because back then women were believed to not be quote strong enough. And so therefore they couldn't, you can't play basketball. And he was kind of like, these women are equally as strong. Look at what they can do. And he actually proved that women belonged to be able to play basketball. It was amazing. And so oh, wow. it was this incredible thing. And, you know, you had some of those women that were on his teams, you know, when they were kids, they were actually in the documentary talking about the the impact that he had on their lives and stuff. And so it's like, it's not the, the scandal and the drama of last dance, but it's just one of those stories that you're just like, there are amazing people in this world. Yes, like, there, there are. are true superheroes in this world. And Kenny sailors is one of them. So if you ever get a chance, even if you're not a basketball fan, watch jump shot, the Kenny sailor story. It's a little hard to find. I, you know, you can, you can buy it on, or you can buy or rent it on Vudu. You can buy or rent it on Apple. If you have like an Apple TV, there's there's some options through that. It's not readily available. So you have to find a way where you can kind of buy it depending on what you have or rent it. I think it's like $4 to rent, but it's really, really good. So totally recommend it. All right. Now on to some more entertainment side of things. Oh, would you like to know more? Would you like to know more? Oh, I, I said it first. Okay. You can't uh, just say it after me, Brian. Okay. Well, t- tell me what, what I would like to know more of. I have a couple of good origins for you. Oh, oh, okay. We'll come back to the TV shows and movies in a minute. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Has anyone heard the phrase paint the town red? Yes. It's kind of an old fashioned phrase. You know, it means basically going nuts, partying or whatever. It's a kind of a derogatory saying, right? So the phrase paint the town red most likely owes its origin to one legendary night of drunkness. In 1837, yes, people got crazy back in the 19th century. Um, <sighs> That's too bad. The, the Marquis of Waterford, Marquis, so is probably French, a known lush and mischief maker, led a group of friends on a night of drinking through the English town. Okay, interesting English. He's a Marquis, though, so whatever. Through the English town of Melton Mowbray. The bender culminated in vandalism after Waterford and his fellow revelers knocked over flower pots, pulled knockers off doors, Oh, the scandal and <laughs> broke the windows of some of the town's buildings. Now, back then, that was probably pretty, pretty uh, egregious. Now, to top it all off, the mob literally painted a toll gate, the doors of several homes and a swan statue with red paint. The Marquis and his pranksters later compensated Melton for the damages, but their drunken escapade is likely the reason that paint the town red became shorthand for a wild night out. Nice. Yeah. Still yet another theory, though suggests that the phrase was actually born out of the brothels of the American West and referred to men behaving as though their whole town were a red light district. Interesting. Hmm, according to history.com. So yeah, I wonder which one's right. The first um, one makes more sense. It does. Yes, yeah. very much so. The second one, and you brought this up to me, Brian, was yeah. the word to toast. Yeah. Everyone's familiar with raising a toast to somebody or something. Yeah. Let's now have the, word, a, the best man toast at, you know, weddings and stuff. Yeah. All that. Exactly. Or the bride of now I, whatever. Made of honor. When I was researching, <laughs> <laughs> when I was researching the this, <laughs> the bride of honor, yeah. when I was researching this, I found a, a, a few different answers, but the, we're going to settle on one. So the word toast, as it applies to drinking, has its origin in the 1600s when it was common to toss a piece of bread or crouton into a beverage for flavoring. That actually I saw in multiple sources, that reference, which is likely where the phrase came from, was the 
practice of putting bread or toast, toasted bread like a crouton, into your wine. Who would think of doing that now? Now, a respected historian of the times, I don't know who, noted that the first application of the word occurred in Bath, England in 1709, where a local beauty was seen bathing in public and an admirer who was so taken by her loveliness filled a cup with her bath water and drank it in her honor. That sort of thing still happens. Nasty. (laughs) Yeah. Do you remember when we talked about that YouTuber that was like selling her bath water? That's what I was referencing. Yes. Oh, that's just heinous, man. Soon after... Another admirer declared his admiration for the lady, but refused to drink the bathwater. Smart guy. So yeah. instead, he offered to eat the toast in her honor, and thus the term stuck. I don't know about that story, to be honest. Hmm. I think it's a good story, though. It's a good story. <laughs> the process by which the toast got its name is through a process called metonymy. It has my name in it, by the way. Uh, nice. The word metonymy. This is where you associate one object, object A, with another object, object B, to such an extent that you eventually stop calling object A by its name and instead just call it object B. For example, when we refer to the British monarchy or the, in England, the media will refer to the crown decided this. Well, the crown is just referring to the monarchy and the group of people, especially the queen who made that decision. Or closer to home, the White House, the White House is holding a briefing today. This is the presidency. Uh, yeah, yeah the, the people working in the White House sure. is what they're referring to. So okay. that's metonymy. In our case, with the toast, object A was the wine glass. Object B was the piece of toast it contained. And eventually, when people raised their wine glasses, they began calling it raising a toast. Instead of so, raising... Well, some people do say raising your glass, but they say raising a glass for the toast, toast. or something. Yeah, to toast or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, There's a lot of ways people say it, but yeah. so Interesting. Good one, Brian. You know what? You got to wonder, though, if all of those stories are true especially because people are doing it today. It's like, you know, you can't make that stuff up based on what I've read. I'm pretty solid on the whole toast and the wine (laughs) piece of toast in your wine being the origin of that phrase. But I didn't know people used to put toast in their wine. Weird. Yeah, I know it's weird. I wonder what it would taste like. Let's try it. I don't really like wine though. So that doesn't really, I can't drink anymore. So yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, thanks for sharing that, (laughs) man. Our listeners can try it out and uh, please let us know how it goes. Well, here's the thing. So you have, red wine. Therefore you can put toast into your wine and then take the wine and spray it all over somebody's door or something. And then you could paint the town red. Paint the town red yeah, with toast. Yeah. Look at this. Uh, no, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> horrible, horrible people. No, don't even, some of you are like oh, I'm going right now. No. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Hey, would you like to know more? Yes. All right. So I checked out the first, I think five episodes of warrior none which is on Netflix, saw an advertisement for it. And I thought this looks, it's one of those like, this could be amazing or stupid cheesy. Like I said before, the name turns me off, but I can't wait to hear what you say about it. So here's the interesting thing about it. It is really, there are some really, really good parts of it. So I'm not going to give it too much away because, you know, if you want to go check it out, go for it. The main character in there, her story arc has interest and also kind of like, ugh, this is just, come on. I don't want to watch this. Uh, and not, not in a bad way. It's just kind of boring, you know, like, eh, whatever. Interesting. Okay. But the side story, which is, I think what it's moving towards now, that is amazing. It's phenomenal, hmm. but essentially it's this, I'm not going to get into too much because it doesn't give much away, but it's a Catholic organization. I think they're Catholic, a Catholic organization and they are quote warrior nuns. Like they actually are nuns that are trained to be warriors to fight the forces of hell. And 
typically you don't see much, but sometimes the forces, sometimes the forces of hell can cross the barrier into our reality and do bad things, obviously. And so they're trained to fight. A la Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah, exactly. It's that kind of thing. But this is very much a Catholic based kind of thing. So it's got a very interesting side. Now the music and it's incredible. I mean, it's just, it's beyond, it's just amazing. It's got like all, it's very well done. Let's put it that way. Well, this one girl, not going to give much away, but she receives a gift and she, of course, doesn't know what it is and doesn't want it. And of course, it wasn't meant for her in the first place. And so there's this whole thing was like, well, was she chosen? Was it a mistake? Should we help her or should we kill her? You know, stuff like that. It's really interesting. Anyway, I'm throwing it out there. For those of you who would want to know this, it is a quote mature rated and it's because of language and what they call scary scenes or something like that. And I, <laughs> I'm not really actually, I don't like dark overwhelming stuff anyway, not because it scares me, but just because like, it's just like, I don't want to see it. This not is your thing. It's not really dark. It's, it's actually kind of fun, but there is okay. language. So keep that in mind, but it's fun. Oh, now, and it's on Netflix by the way. Yes. It's interesting. If you like that genre, I've never really seen much of anything like that. I guess Buffy, but I didn't watch Buffy. So I or probably supernatural. Is it kind of like that too? I, I same thing. never watched it, but yeah, something more along, the, but again, not as, um, I don't know. It's different. Just check it out if you want. Okay. Now I know you've been watching the snow piercer TV show. I was like, I got to get into the movie at least and and watch that first and then I'll continue the show. Yeah. Are you liking the show still? Dude, I finished the first season, 10 episodes, by the way. And wow, just a good show. They took, they took a weird, awkward concept and made a really good action packed, well-written dramatic series out of it and totally set up a second season. I haven't read if they've got a second season yet or not. I like to think they would because they certainly ended the first season with the clear intent of having it carry on. Nice. But, um, but, Oh, just, I can't say enough about Snowpiercer the show. Yeah. Okay. So, and you saw the movie too. But, yes, I did. Okay. Now I, it's funny I liked it. Yeah. A lot of people said was, they liked it, but they thought it was just super weird. Very weird. So I'm about halfway through the movie. I totally see why people thought it was weird. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, okay, yeah, the TV show is very different. Although there are, quite a few things that at least the first episode of the TV show totally copies right out of the movie. Almost, almost even scene for scene. It was kind of interesting, Yeah, yeah. but I'll tell you what the movie still was interesting. There were some parts of the movie that I absolutely love so far. Again, I'm only halfway through. It huh. is a little bit like, like the snow piercer. The show is, is really good, but it's definitely not meant to be lighthearted. Whereas no, not at all. The movie has some lighthearted parts and I like lighthearted. I like a mixture uh-huh. of lighthearted and, you know, intense, good action, but there are some scenes and characters in the movie that I'm just like, what the heck? I don't yeah. even know what's going on. <laughs> I don't remember the specifics of the movie. I just, it was, it's been several years since I watched it, maybe four or five years. Yeah. But I just it, remember it being, I remember at the end of the movie going, that was so off, but I kind of <laughs> like it. <laughs> well, there's this one weird part where there's this fight scene, you know, where, where the, the tailies or whatever are trying to charge, you know, the, the not given much away, but there's this huge fight scene between like the tailies and the, I don't know what they are. They're like guards of some kind, but they have, it looks like knights of old. Oh no. The executioners, you know, where they have like the cloth over their the eyes. Hoods. Yeah. The yeah. hoods over their eyes. It, it's like these hoods over their eyes, but all you see are their mouths. And so they're all fighting and like, everybody's like, stop, we're crossing the bridge okay, what? And then they all the guards start counting down and you're like, what are they counting down? What's going on? And then they all go happy new year. And I'm like, what the heck? Weird. They're in the middle of this fight scene and they all just like happy new year. And then they start fighting again. Well, then there's this other part where they yell same scene. They yell stop. And like, they're all just kind of sitting there waiting. And what's our captain America's in the movie. 
Um, oh yeah. Chris Evans. Uh, uh, Evans. Thank yeah. you. Captain America's in the movie. He's doing his thing and he's sitting right next to a guy that he's been fighting one of the guards and this guy looks over him and just smiles like this stupid grin <laughs> and then that's it and then a couple minutes later you know Captain America kills this guard and I'm like what, what is going on <laughs> It's just so just bizarre. The casting in that movie, there was some very interesting casting in that film. And oh, yeah. to be honest, they sort of mimicked that interesting casting in the show. There are some very yeah. off-looking actors and actresses in the show that you get used to very quickly. Not not quite as off as as in the movie. It's bizarre. It's fun to watch, though, because I mean, I like bizarre movies if they're good. If it's yeah. bizarre just to be bizarre, then I'm like, whatever. But anyway, it's fun. So. Now, a really good movie, and I mentioned this a while back that we had watched half of it. We finished it. Just Mercy. True story. Highly, 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 highly recommend that one in so many different ways. It's such a good story. It's emotional. It's an intense movie, but it's just so good. So check that one out if you have not had a chance to watch that. All right, let's talk Midway because we talked, we, we mentioned that we would discuss Midway. I did get a chance to finally watch it. And it was fun. And interestingly enough, because with Greyhound, you know, that's now out on yeah. Apple TV plus it's also world war two. It inspired me to go back and just kind of want to watch some, some old world war two movies again. Cause I just, yeah. I love world war two history. That's one of my absolute favorite sections of history. I'm not a history buff like you are, but that I love. So what were your thoughts on midway first? Again, I'm Johnny come lately with, with stuff like that. So it took me a long time to watch Midway, right? But sure. I finally did because the previews alone, I prefer grittier, more serious renditions of World War II, yeah. uh, a la Saving Private Ryan, Band of Brothers, Das Boot. Boot. Das Boot. Das Boot. Uh, das Boot. <laughs> rather than the flashy, over-the-top action of like Pearl Harbor or sure. Midway or Greyhound, by the way. Um, oh, have you watched it? No, but again, I'll get there. The preview, just the previews for both Midway and Greyhound show me that they are filmed in similar formats, fashion, right? Just similar styles. They're filmed in a Michael Bay style. That's It's the Michael Mm -hmm. Bay style. Mm -hmm. So I was very hesitant to watch Midway. But in the end, I ended up enjoying it. It was exactly what I thought it would be. But I appreciated that the main battle took about like 30% of the movie, which I really liked because it helped illustrate the scope of the actual battle. I mean, for the most part, what happened in the movie was roughly how it happened in real life. Two carrier groups facing off. They Neither one really... I mean, we kind of knew where they were. They didn't know where we were. And we ended up sinking like three carriers. And that was a big turning point in the Pacific mm-hmm. theater. Mm-hmm. I appreciated that aspect of it. But you have to go into it expecting a Michael Bay-style film. Yeah, Armageddon. Pearl Harbor, whatever. Sure. Although Armageddon, I just don't want to think about Armageddon anymore. Um, <laughs> but to be honest, I'd give it like a seven out of 10. It wasn't as campy as I thought it would be, but it was still a very over the top action style film. Yeah. It's interesting because <laughs> I had seen your review on that when I had gotten about halfway through the movie. And at first I thought, no, nah, it's really not that bad. But then towards the end, I was like, okay, yeah, you're right. It definitely took a Michael Bay turn towards the end of the movie for sure. Especially during the main well, fight scene. But what about the whole Pearl and when they did Pearl Harbor and the planes were just flying between the battleship rows over and over and well, over. I don't think yeah. they actually did that. Who knows? I mean, it was, well, just, the, it was just like they did kamikaze though. Yeah. Oh so, yeah, totally. Yeah. No, they, and they sunk all those ships. Yeah. But just the way they filmed it and, you know, the guy trying to hold on to that line between the two ships. Yeah. It was just like, what? Well, where's John? John Wu has to be involved in this somehow. <laughs> I just know he's there. 
Uh, yeah, you're because right. it's just gratuitous action. And so, but that's what they think people want these days because you know, you clearly. mentioned, you mentioned Das Boot and that is actually one of my all time favorite movies. And I, I've only seen it maybe twice. I want to watch mm-hmm. it again. That is a genius movie. It's genius. I mean, it's intelligent. Everything about it as Kevin, my old co-host Kevin used to say was, um, it's smart. It's just so yeah. well done. You know, you listen to, you watch it, you listen to what they're saying and you're just like, it's easy for people to get bored if they're not paying attention to what's going on because you yes. really have to, you have to understand, but I mean, you are there with them, what it is like to be in a cramped, dirty U-boat in World War II. Yeah. And movies don't do that anymore. They don't make you feel like you're there anymore because there's just too much of the eye candy stuff going on. And you're right. Yeah. They, they want to give you the eye candy and the, and the ride, the roller coaster ride. Yes. Rather than give you the immersion. I'm more of an immersion guy. So. Sure. And I am too, actually. And I love Das Boot. You know, in fact, I, I have a bunch of World War II movies that I'm going to throw out here in a, in a few minutes too. But I really enjoyed Saving Private Ryan. Loved Band of Brothers. In fact, watched that, I don't know, three or four times through. Um, just fantastic. Mm-hmm. The things that I, and like that one, for example, that one, Hacksaw Ridge. That's another one. Thin Red Line. I never saw that one. It's Sh- all right. Schindler's List. Those are oh. all incredible movies, but oh. they're hard to watch. You yes. know, they're horrifying because it's true stories, but it's just horrifying. In fact, you know, my granddad was in the tail end of World War II mm-hmm. as a uh, Marine and he used to talk, you know, he never saw Hacksaw Ridge and, you know, he never got a chance to see some of these, but he saw some of those movies and he even said that Saving Private Ryan kind of scarred him Yeah, because he's I like, I, especially the first 10 minutes. Yeah. He's like, I've been there. I know that I lived that, you know, and it's like, he just wouldn't even hardly talk about it. So those are difficult movies for anyone to watch, I think. And that's why, like, in some ways I enjoy Midway because it's like, hey, you get a piece of history, but it's also entertaining and it's not too painful to watch. On the other hand, watching something like Schindler's List and Saving Private Ryan, I mean, it's like it's kind of like a must watch for history, but it's also painful. So anyway, I'm with you, but also I have a hard time with that. But I got to tell you, it was funny when he gets into the plane and he pulls out a stick of Beeman's gum and starts chewing. I'm like, Beeman's? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, I've had, yeah. I've had Beeman's. It's actually that very was a interesting. Thing. Oh, it's huge. You still can get it. It's not the greatest gum in the world, but it's kind of fun. I just feel like this genre of war movie, it kind of, it's an illustration of how humanity is already forgetting what an apocryphal event World War II was. True. Just within the last couple generations, or uh, no, like depending on how you talk about a generation, but you know, within the last 70, 80 years or whatever, that happened. And even those of us who, who have studied it for years and read so much about it and watched so much about it can't really get our heads around what a history-changing event that was. Yeah. An event meaning a, a several-year-long paroxysm of human suffering, basically. And so I, that's why when I watch a film about that period, I want to feel as much of that paroxysm as I can rather than just being like, oh, World War II, yeah, look at them shooting those planes and stuff like that. That's just me. So, Yeah, and like like I said, I'm kind of there and kind of not there just because it's painful. But right. I, I, I understand. totally understand where you're coming from, and you're right. Like I think to trivialize it is not yes. healthy. But you know, they But that's what that. these films kind of do. They, they kind of do, they in, in a way. in the 50s and 60s too, though. Very you much know? so. You're right. You're so right. It's, I mean... Um, but you that's know, true. That's the thing. Like to me, Hacksaw Ridge probably would never watch it again, but oh my gosh, what a movie, what a story, yeah. you know, yeah. that was, that was amazing. And and for some reason that's not even mentioned. If you look at like, if you were just to look around at like the top world war two movies, that's not even mentioned. And I'm like, oh my no. gosh, that should be a, 
like top five. You know what I did love about this movie though was wasn't just the Battle of Midway. They covered quite a bit of history. They covered it from the part, you know, where gosh, I forgot his name already. The intelligent intelligence agent was meeting with Yamamoto. Oh, uh, yeah, the guy from Watchmen. Yeah. From <laughs> Who, like, by the way, that was exactly 10 years ago from when they made Midway from Watchmen. And that guy has not aged a no, single hour. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's like the same dude. Now, I know men yeah. age more gracefully than women, but he's, well, he's sometimes. a gross example of that. <laughs> yeah, say sometimes. No, it's cool. But um, anyway, when he, he was meeting with Yamamoto and it was 37, 1937, and that was really mm. cool because you got to see most people don't know that Yamamoto went to Harvard and no. knew American everything. He knew American history. He knew the way Americans acted. He knew Americans more. That's why he was such a formidable foe. And but, most people don't even know that. Well, but also he knew right away what a mistake Pearl Harbor was. Oh, of course. And that's, that's <laughs> it's my like, point. Oh, you don't want to do this, but okay. Yeah. Like, okay. Ever, and that's exactly the point. It. That's exactly why it was so <laughs> fascinating, but they showed that. And that's what I loved is that they, they showed his origin. They showed, he even said that to his, I think it was his wife talking about, you know, we we've awakened a sleeping giant, like, oops, right. we're screwed. And then, you know, I like that they actually did show Pearl Harbor quickly and they showed Jimmy Doolittle's run. I thought that was interesting. Right. Then they showed the Coral Sea battle and then the midway. It was just it was really yeah, like was, they gave you a full Pacific War wrapped into one movie, which I thought was yeah, like a summary of good. the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what's interesting too with, with, except for the land action, the Pacific yeah. Naval War. Yeah. And that's what I'm talking about. And I love air and naval warfare personally. That's my that's my thing, you know, as far as interest. But I know there was some Michael Bayish acts and, and stuff like that, but there was history and strategy mixed in, which I thought was nice. It sure. wasn't as much as I, you know, I think they could have done a little more, but I, I, I still thought it was, it was a good mix. I have to say though, I did not realize that best Dick best's wife mm-hmm. was Mandy Moore until about halfway through the movie. And I'm like, that's yeah. Mandy Moore. Holy cow. Like <laughs> she, she's really changed. She does not look the same at all. And she didn't even hardly sound at all the same until I saw her smile. And I'm like, that smile is so familiar to me. I'm like, why do I know that smile? And I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> that's me. Well, so either they really did some great makeup on her to make her look very different or I don't know, but it's very interesting. They did, they did a good job though. Yeah. Oh, everybody. The, the acting was actually really, really good. Um, yeah. All of the main characters were real people. They weren't making up some random character just for the movie. It was like, these are right. actual real people that lived, you know, and, and were in the war, which I liked. And that right. to me made it better than Pearl Harbor plus Pearl Harbor. Like I liked Pearl Harbor, but there was way too much romance and drama between, you know, <laughs> bat fleck and vampire warrior. And, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what I'm talking about the girl that yeah. was in all the underworld uh, after underworld. Yeah. Whatever happened to her? I haven't seen her in a while. Uh, Kate Beckinsale. Yes. Kate, whatever happened to her? She was like huge for a while and then like you haven't yeah. seen her anymore. That happens all the time, bro. What a load. <laughs> well, that'll happen to us too. You know, now, I don't know, man. What I mean, happened to the real bride show? We, we saw, we saw a bunch of dudes up until their nineties and then they stopped acting or eighties. I mean, there's, there's still people acting like Sean Connery. Uh, actually, he, he's he actually on stopped. Too. Yeah. She's still alive yeah. though. A couple things here. And I thought this was great. So one is the credits at the end were so neat because they were actually showing here's the person, you know, the actor and the person, in the movie and then they show a picture of the real person. Right. And they, I like when they do that. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. And they talked about like just a little bit of history of after the battle of midway, who these people were and stuff like that, what they did. The thing that really got me though, which I just thought was so incredible was they were talking about Jimmy Doolittle 
and they were saying that he and his Raiders essentially had a reunion every single year after the war. So 1946 and on had a reunion all the way up until the last man died last year, 2019 In 2019. Yeah, that's nuts. That's exactly like the band of brothers, the company involved in that mm-hmm. show. They still have reunions every year. So it's incredible. And that's very common with world war two units. So yeah, you hear but that in all the countries in all the countries, by the way. Yeah. You do hear that that generation for some reason would get together and not everybody, but I mean, a lot of them would get together and have these reunions and stay in touch and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. do you see that level of commitment to Long-term one another commitment? Yeah. And not even just commitment, but like we put priority in an intentional, like we're intentional about our friendships and we put priority on our friendships and we have that commitment and we know that we can count on each other. And I mean, like I've seen that in my grandparents age and I've seen that in other people's ages too. I don't see that a lot in our age or younger at all. In fact, I kind of want what those guys have or had. Yeah. Some of them are dead. No, I, I hear you. I hear yeah, you. Like wow. that camaraderie. There's, I would never have wanted to go through what they went through. No. But at the same time, after they got through it, that camaraderie, that lasting camaraderie, really, it's seductive. So, you know what? I wonder, you just said that what they went through. I wonder if what they went through is what created that camaraderie. And if it hadn't been for what they went through, Maybe none of them would have had any camaraderie like that. Everything I've read suggests that you nailed it on the head. Yeah. Interesting. That's that's a huge part of it. So for those of us as friends who never really go through something intense and challenging, we just never will have that. Right. We don't have that basis for comparison. So it makes sense that you just don't see those types of gatherings, consistent gatherings of friends or all old comrades like you did from the mid 20th century and even Vietnam war probably spawned a bunch of uh, groups like that in Russia. They still have dwindling of course in every combatant country, but they still have groups like that, that still meet who fought the Germans. And in Germany, they have groups that fought the Russians and, and the Americans. And it's really fascinating to read about, about those, their shared experiences in that apocalyptic war. Mm -hmm. And then to read about how they continually keep up with each other every year, usually around the same time until they all die. Yeah. So there's wartime things that you go through, but everybody on this planet goes through tough times, challenging times in some way or another. And of course, each of our perspectives are based on the hardest thing we go through. Right. And so I think that there's still shared experiences and camaraderie that can come out of stuff like that, even if we're not in a wartime setting. I but think, it's not usually in a group like that, like, no, a, like no. a group of disparate people who all fight together to keep each other alive. No, I mean, I that's that. just such a, I totally such a unique situation. Yeah. yeah. But I'm just wondering, like, can you create camaraderie with others without having mm-hmm. to fight to keep each other alive? Can we still create that camaraderie to the point where people actually desire that commitment and that I can count on you. I got your back no matter what. Yeah, I, that's a good question. I don't know. And I, I and that'd be something to ask a very seasoned sociologist yeah. to see if they have an opinion on that because I don't have enough information. I don't know. Yeah, that part of the credits. I mean, I think that was probably to me, that was one of the best parts of the movie because it just really, really impacted me on how powerful that is mm-hmm. that they had a reunion every year from 45 to 2019. That is insane to mm-hmm. think about. And I wish, I know I wish so I much had that level of camaraderie. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's neat. That's neat. I love it. I, I love that. Well, a couple of other movies that I want to watch. I think this is my, my world war two thing. Definitely want to see Greyhound since it just came out. It's new. I want to find a way to get a hold of that one. Jojo rabbit came out in the theater last year. 
heard that was really good. It's kind yeah. of more of a satire, but I really want to see that. And then here's another World War II movie that I thought about that I'd never seen for some reason, which was The Monuments Men. And I heard that was really good. That's from I've never heard of that. Oh, it's I mean, it's a all star cast kind of thing, but it's about huh. a bunch of guys who were tasked with like saving valuable artwork during World War Two oh. or something like that. But I mean, everybody that's that I've talked to that's seen it said it was really good and worth watching. Yeah. So I'm going to watch okay. that one and hopefully yeah, we can recommendation. watch all three of those and report back. But you know, whatever, it'll be fun. Well, my goodness, I'm thinking we're going to have a short show this week and you know, I'm just, <laughs> man, you know what though? This is great though, because having this level of conversation is what it's all about. That's right. So thank It's you. been fun. Oh, it has been. All right. Well, as you know, you can go to realbryanshow.com for, you know, all the stuff and, realbryanshow.com slash 239 is the show notes. If you want to check out our Spotify lists and get in touch with us, you know, we love to hear from you. So do that, please. Oh, oh, would you like to know more? Deep thoughts with Captain Influence. I kind of wish it was still the custom to put toast in your wine. What better excuse to get drunk at breakfast? At least I wouldn't have to think of another excuse. You know what the music means? What? Oh, it's. I'm trying not I'm to laugh. Sorry, dude. I'm hungover from breakfast. <laughs> I'm trying not to laugh. That was a good uh, one. <laughs> oh well, thank you, thank you so much for being with us today. Having a that was fun. That was a really good time. Good stuff to talk about. Good conversation. Hope it was inspiring and fun for you as well. But thank you. We'll be back next week. More to talk about. Real Brian Show is signing off. The Real Brian Show is a production of 514 Media at 514mediaempire.com.